Welcome back to the world's greatest sports podcast here on Spotify. Uh, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say we're the number one podcast for sports in the world, um, minus most of the other ones. Uh, anyways, welcome back to Teen It Up with CMD. I'm your host, Connor, as always, with my co-host, Vladdy. Uh, again, recording on a Tuesday evening. This will be out for you on Wednesday. He's shaking his head at me already. Usually that's an end of the podcast thing. So what's going on, man? How no, it's, been? it's it's been a beginning of the podcast thing too. Your your intros have get have been getting more and more outrageous, and I love them. It's it's, it's that full free flowing creativity that's going to make you a great lawyer and a great bullshitter. Well, you see, like I feel like people want to watch the first couple minutes of it if they're going to check something out. So if I say something kind of silly or ridiculous, and they'll be like, "Hey, maybe instead of two minutes, I'll watch five. And then if I say something at five minutes and then you yell at the refs at 10 minutes, then they'll watch the whole damn show. So I, I support this. Yes. Yeah, so let's, we got to start doing that, but nonetheless, I'm doing well. Um, Tuesday night, uh, Michigan state's playing later. Going to be excited to watch that. Um, had a pretty good weekend. I was skating uh, for the second time in my life. I was, I, I actually picked up some speed. I was out there looking like it's out there looking like a, like a true athlete, you know? But I don't know. Uh, other than that, work is work. You know, halfway through the week so far already for me, which is always nice. No work Friday. Excited for that. Um, what about you? How have you been in the last last seven days? Um, I've been good, man. Uh, trying to think. Nothing new. Uh, as far as school goes, I've only been called on cold call like a full on cold call once in four and a half weeks which is like now just scary because I know it's just going to all happen like back to back to back. Um, not that that's really that bad. It's just like I'd rather, you just rather get them out of the way. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what takes up most of my mental headspace these days. So, yeah, like MSU tonight. So we're going to get into some Super Bowl action later. Uh, let's start it off with kind of a league we haven't talked about at all this year, partially because our hometown team has just been um, – pathetically bad obviously Cade Cunningham out for the year doesn't hasn't helped the Pistons but it really hasn't hurt them either um to be honest uh Kyrie Irving another big trade another guy um I believe the quote was exactly the same as six years ago when he got to Boston uh it was the exact same quote I think like I'm excited to be here da 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 team up with X player uh instead he changed it to Y player in Luka Doncic so uh, his third time requesting a, tr- uh, yeah, third time requesting a trade. It'll be his fourth team in six years. Uh, I don't even remember anymore. I think that's twenty eighteen was when he five years, five six years. Yeah, uh, he he wasn't there for the last Warrior. Where was he there for the last Cavs Warriors finals or no? Yes. Did he already left? He was. Yes, I think he was hurt. Okay, so seventeen. 17 18 so it'd be it'd be summer of 18 when he left That's yeah maybe maybe he was gone by then i'm not sure i i don't i feel like I, he didn't play in that series because it was kind of he definitely didn't because it was like della vadova tristan thompson right. and the, jr smith and like yeah, my dad ghosts. i think played. my dad had a couple minutes in that that series yeah nice um but yeah uh you want to you want to start off uh what are your thoughts on the trade what are your uh pros like, cons yeah yeah, I mean, pro, I, I saw something, too, that I think is true, and is I think what I think. Wow, that sounded awful, but uh, I think what I think. No shit you do. But uh, 
this makes their ceiling in Dallas incredibly like approaching the steps of heaven high. And it makes their, their floor literally like Hades basement on fire. Like it, it could go either way in that regard. And as someone that's kind of a casual basketball fan, especially NBA that I don't really watch on a regular basis, this is the ultimate easy thing to say that like a general sports fan can has been able to say in the super team era of whatever the last 10 years of the NBA basketball in that you can just, this is a default saying, and I think it applies to this trade and not going to be enough ball, only one ball out there. And that's with Luca and Kyrie who are both ball handlers and both need the ball at all times to be great. That's part of what makes them great. And it's, kind of been the classic default statement whenever you get players like this together over the last 10 years is how they're going to share the ball. It's only one ball. That's that's my biggest thought. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. I think uh, I think if I remember the stats, I think both of them are top 17. Luca's obviously number one. I think Kyrie's yeah. like 17th or 18th in terms of like ball usage or basically whatever stat measures how often it's in your hands. And so you're correct. There is one ball. It's uh, that that is how the sport was designed. Um, but I do think, yes, there's one ball, but I do think it could help. And I do think it's a super interesting trade. I feel like I kind of find myself in the middle ground. I think most fans were like, well, this is stupid. Whereas most media outlets were like, this is the greatest thing ever. The Dallas Mavericks are now the favorites or maybe not the favorites, but they're like, oh, they've instantly elevated themselves to right up there with Denver and Milwaukee as title contenders. And I don't know if that's fully the case because the, the Mavs are kind of a shallow team after you, you're giving right. away two guys for one. Um, I do like the fact that Kyrie Irving is a top 20 player in basketball still. And anytime you can add one of those to your team, you should do it because those don't come around very often. So in terms of in terms of actual play style, you're right. The it, it's weird, it's it's wonky, but I think it could probably maybe help both of them, especially Luca, given that uh that physique of his, Mr. Huka Doncic, lets him take some possessions off. Maybe the ball doesn't always have to be in his hands now. Maybe the ball's always been in his hands for this full season because his second option was Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, my problem is like how quickly does he blow it up? How quickly does Kyrie blow it up? Because that's that's the bigger issue. You talk nope. about him being a great player. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. never been the issue. I was going to blown up three teams now. I was going to get to that second part, which was exactly like you just said: is Kyrie Irving his? I mean, te- he's technically gotten it right once. They won a title with LeBron, but yeah. every team he was on, he left in bad circumstances. Not bad circumstances, but in in bad in bad relations. He's never mutually left somewhere. It's always been, hey, I want out, or hey, this is not working. I'm going to flip off the Boston crowd as I'm their player. Hey, I'm, I'm here, then I'm not here, then I'm here, then I'm not here in Brooklyn. So you're absolutely correct. This man is the main character of everybody's story in his mind. He thinks he's, I think he's, he thinks he's the center of the flat universe. Um, he always finds ways to play the victim card. And so Kyrie Irving to me, is, it, it's just such a fascinating like situation because the talent's certainly there and the, the combustibility certainly. He, to me as a GM, and Kyrie would never agree to this, I would never give him more than a one-year contract. I know uh, I think he's a impending free agent this year. Um, 
I would never give him more than a one-year contract. He would be, it would be Kyrie, believe in your talent. I think you're a nice guy, but history is history. And I would prefer it doesn't repeat itself. I'll give you a one-year deal. And if it goes yeah, well, I'll give you another one-year deal. Though. And he'd never accept that because he wants no, guaranteed no. money over long-term. I get that. He but, wants a max deal for, what, three, four, probably five-year deal. I, I I would. I'm sorry. I know he's a top twenty player in the NBA. I would not give him a max contract to save my life. I don't I, think he's worth it. Again, personally. I don't. I I think he might be worth the money. He's not worth the length. Again, if if he sat there and said, "Hey, I'll take forty million for one year," I would do it because yeah, you know maybe. you could because you know at that point, oh well, if it goes south, I have to endure two months of this, and then he's gone. I guess that's, that's my. That's kind of my thing with the Mavericks is uh, like like as far as this year goes, like maybe it will be worth it because like is it gonna? It's already February. Like, is it gonna be enough time for him to ruin the situation <laughs> this year? Maybe not. Um, I wouldn't put it past him personally, especially since it it only seems like the problems have gotten worse and worse as time has gone on. They've kind of built yep. up on each other and gotten significantly worse, in my opinion. And I don't think there's any soft. Some interesting tidbits about the trade, though, around the league. One, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant played a grand total of 10 games together uh, in Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant of two, like around 200 eligible games only played, I want to say, 110 together. Um, Kevin Durant's hurt this year or has been out for most of this year, looks like long term. The other thing is, is, and I'm a LeBron hater, is LeBron's weird, cryptic, emo tweet. Oh, uh, maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. Um, and, and, like, his head down and, like, uh, bro, of course it's you. He didn't. You, you guys didn't talk to each other the last year and a half of your relationship. Like, well, what did you think? Like, uh, it's just funny to me that he was like, yeah, we're going to throw in Russell Westbrook. It, it's just so funny to me that, like, he's making – LA let him make all the decisions and it's gone so poorly so fast in the last two years that it's just hilarious. And this is just another thing of LeBron, in my opinion, being a little ignorant to that Kyrie Irving would want to come to LA. Yeah, it's you. Yeah, it's you. He hated you. So I, I actually saw other, I I guess maybe I saw other things. Um, I don't know if, I mean, I saw rumors that Kyrie or the Lakers might've been his preferred destination. I saw it was more the, the Nets owner who was like, we're not going to send him to where he wants to go. Yeah, I, now, I, I mean, it's all it's all smoke. It's all he said, she said. I, I don't really care to comment more on that. But I think you make a good point with the LeBron thing where the last two years after that title where he's kind of – he's running that team. Let's let Palinka or not, he, he's making the decisions. Um, It's funny how that has kind of blown up in his face. So you could – same thing could be said for Kevin Durant and the Nets. I mean – You'll never. I mean, Kevin Durant was running the Nets. Let's let's be real. And that team, like you just mentioned, Harden, Kyrie, and Durant were supposed to be the that three year unstoppable thing. And like you said, they played 10, 15 games together. They, they... yeah. Uh, part of me feels bad for Kevin Durant though, because I mean, I bet you he like stays up late night and just like texts Stephen Stephen Curry like I miss you, and then like no, it's got to be through a burner account though. He doesn't do it directly. Yeah. Like, I think he just wanted his own thing so bad and then just got surrounded with the absolute craziest diva 
like lunatics in basketball and Harden, Irving, Ben Simmons now there. Like he literally got the biggest divas you could buy on the market. The I mean, and the only thing I'll say was, with this. Yeah, and the thing I'll say though is like, um, is he any different? It, he's the guy running around with burner accounts. He's the guy who running around soft as Charmin. I'm not. You're right. It, it's unfortunate that yes, he's not a he's not a nutcase like Kyrie and James Harden's just he's had his own problems the last three four years after leaving Houston. But I don't know. See I the mean, burner thing to me gets overplayed. I think it's just like yeah, like to me it's like yeah, he's like everyone else. Do you know how many pe- normal people in America? have burners that they just say stuff on. I know we have a close friend that has one and he just refuses to tweet on his own account. But like it's very common. And, and I think it's like, I think it's more shows he's a little more human than like, then he's actually just this like soft. I do think he's soft ish. Like, I don't think he's like the hardest guy. I think that's pretty clear, but the guy likes to play basketball. The guy who likes to play basketball and is not a lunatic. Like you said, like Kyrie yeah. or, Ben that's, Simmons or any of these guys he's stuck with. That's very fair. And I mean, maybe in the off, maybe, maybe in kind of that down period once football's over and we're looking for topics, maybe we can do a, we can do an episode on Durant and say where, did, I mean, we know where it went wrong, but we can talk about how badly it went wrong. Cause that Warriors team staying together. Oh my God. What the things yeah. they could have done. But other than that, I mean, I don't know if there's too much more about that trade and even basketball as a whole. I mean, I guess there is. LeBron's going for the record tonight. Needs 36 points to pass Kareem. Um, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I, don't, yeah I, was gonna say, I don't know if that really moves your needle in any way, but. It, uh, I mean, moves my needle to like, I'll see the clip on ESPN tomorrow if he does it. Yeah, you'll, probably, you'll be I asleep believe by 10 like, I believe they're like seven games below 500 and like a game and a half out of the, the 17th seed for the last spot in the playoffs or whatever it is. They are 20. I was looking at this today Um, with, with that, with that news, I kind of dug deep, not really dug deep, but I looked a little bit of the, at their uh, kind of season. They're 25 and 29. They're not that bad. And you were correct. They are a game and a half out of the, the 10 seed in the play in tournament. So it's certainly not, the season they thought they would have, but it's not a lost season. They could be the Pistons. They could be in the lottery. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I'll probably actually tune into this game. It might be my first NBA game watched in maybe a month um, just to kind of see if he does break that record. I think it'll be pretty cool, but I don't know. I don't really have too much more NBA stuff specifically. It is a crazy record, I will say. But yeah, eight thousand uh, points or what is it? Forty thousand yeah. points. I, see, I think it, I actually think it's thirty-eight thousand because I think he already broke Kareem's like total points record, and this is just like the regular season scoring record. But it's it's just crazy. Oh, it's like the most important stat of all time. Like so, it is just it is very impressive. A very impressive stat. Um, still worse than Jordan. But oh, um, I knew something was coming like that. Let's move on to Michigan State basketball. They've only played once since the last time we talked. It was a 61 to 55. Um, I don't know if you want to call it defense best or just I'm going to call it an absolute, especially the first half. They got going a little bit at the end, both teams. But that first half was an absolute brick fest. I saw air balls and wide open jump shots inside the three point line. You saw just awful rebounding, poor free throw shooting by both teams in the first half. It was honestly one of the worst basketball games I've seen, especially the first half. I, like I said, I mean, Rutgers got up to 60. So they, they got it going a little bit in the second half. 
Um, a frustrating one on the road. Well, not really on the road, but closer, a lot closer to Rutgers than um, Michigan State as far as MSG goes. Rutgers is a good team. I think it's kind of been separated now that it's uh, pretty clearly Purdue, Indiana, and to probably a step down everyone else. Uh, and then in that kind of next group, I would say you have Rutgers. Um, looking at it, Illinois maybe probably, I don't know. Probably, probably I would say probably Rutgers, and then another step down. And I think you could literally go Maryland, Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Wisconsin. Like set, like basically everyone besides Ohio State, Minnesota, Nebraska. After that, are the same. Yep. So, yeah. It's- it was interesting. Um, the game itself, you mentioned, the first half was hideous. Um, it was a disservice to basketball. It's just kind of like it's like it's like that Big Ten football game you'll get once a season where the score's nine to six and everybody's like, "Well, this is why the Big Ten should just defund its football program." It was it, it just set basketball back fifty years. Um, again, uh, you, you you touched up on it pretty well. The pace picked up in the second half. You had some points. But, I mean, that was a disappointing loss. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's Madison Square Garden's virtually a home game for Rutgers between alumni and students being an hour away or whatever the campus distance is. Um, sure, that's tough, but, I, like, I don't really view you Rutgers most as that. Game. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't view Rutgers as that good team. That was a game that I, you kind of really wish you had because mm-hmm. that's one of those games where you look back and, it's not a – it wasn't a must win. Or it wasn't a you should beat them, but and it also wasn't a you should lose. So you you actually had a lot to gain there. Like right. when it's one of those games, when you're playing Minnesota, you don't really gain it because you beat them. It's like congrats, you beat a crap team. Like they're not going to move you up seed lines for that. They're going to say, well done, well, the, well done, way to beat Mercer in Citadel in football. And if you lose to them, it's, well, uh-oh, what's wrong with Michigan State? So that was a disappointing game. Um, I don't know. I mean, Malik Hall looks lost. Um, he just doesn't look like he has the legs yet for a lot of stuff. Like you could tell, like he can kind of, he's old enough, veteran enough to kind of fit in as far as like kind of intangibles go, like it, maybe get making a hustle play or like being in the right spot for a screen or something like that. But like, as far as the legs go with conditioning and like, the jump shot right now and like trying to create stuff for himself. I agree. It's not there. Yeah, no, if, no, if we're going to be talking about like hustling and whatnot, like at that point, like just go back to rehab, like go give your minutes to some other young guy, because that's just like, see, I, I don't know. I think any Malik Hall minute is more valuable than anything that, I mean, who, who, who would you, the problem is we don't have a player like him. That, like that, that, that's that. true. And I mean, I'm looking at the bench right now. It's a very kind of short bench. I mean, you look at you look at Jackson, Kohler, Malik Hall, Carson Cooper, Trey Holloman, whatever D. Smith is. I don't even know who that is. And then Pierre Brooks. So yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. There really isn't anyone else who can play there. But I mean, oh, well, we got it. We got to get a little bit more out of Malik Hall than uh, yep. one of nine shooting for four points. Yeah, good rebounds. Like you said, he hustled, tried really, really hard, but there's got to be some product. It can't just be, I tried really, really hard. So, I mean, on to the next one. They play Maryland tonight. Um, I'll be I'll be watching that game probably simultaneously with the Lakers game after that tips off. And 
We'll see what happens. This is this Maryland game is kind of similar to Rutgers, where good team gotta beat them um, at home. Yeah, at home. At home is kind of that key thing. Like you can't you can't be dropping this. Um, and we're starting to kind of teeter into that double digits losses where yeah. The, uh, the committee doesn't like it when you start getting to 12, 13 losses. That's when they're like, well, what did you do? And our non-conference schedule, which was supposed to be the coolest thing ever and the hardest thing ever, suddenly doesn't look so good. Kentucky falling off a cliff, Gonzaga not top 10 like we thought they would be, So Villanova falling off a cliff. So this, this, is, a, this is a gotta-have-it game. Yeah, I think uh, as far as the outlook goes, I was going through it in my head, and I think 12 is the number where you, your Big Ten tournament doesn't matter. You're at least a play-in game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'd be that'd be five and three the rest of the season. And it, you know, we, we've talked about it. Schedule opens up. you got to be able yeah. to do it. I mean, I mean Maryland at home, Ohio State, Minnesota, Michigan. you got to win three out of four of those. I com- completely agree. Indiana, Iowa, Nebraska, you got to win. Got to win two. Got to win two. And then Ohio State at home. I'm not completely sold on Ohio State being a gimme yet. Like I think maybe Nebraska and uh, Minnesota are. I, I think the wheels have fallen off Ohio State. I think you think lost it's them. that far to gone? I mean, they've lost 10 of their last 11. I think they started yeah. 10 and 3. They, they, I yeah. think the wheels are gone. So I believe mean, you're right. It's not a necessarily gimme, but it's. They're into Minnesota territories of there's just no hope for that team, and they're going to go out there. They're going to honor their scholarships, run around a little bit, and you got to got to hammer them. Yeah, but try and pick up Bronny in the off season. Uh, <laughs> as far as like, I mean, I think Maryland. You got to you you got to win Maryland at home in Ohio State, Minnesota. Win the next three. Michigan like on the road is no is no gimme. Um, Indiana is probably a loss. They're playing great right now. Obviously, with the Breslin crowd, I, I I'm not gonna put it past us. I just I still hate us against any team with a remotely good big is good for 20 points against us. We played Purdue pretty tight at, at the Breslin. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, right. I, you know you've got a point. Um, that it's, it's a matchup nightmare. But what? I'm just sorry. I was I was going through through the rest of it out, kind of talking out loud. Yeah. Iowa on the road, tough game. Nebraska on at, on the road probably should win that, and Ohio State at home you gotta win that. Yeah, win. We'll we'll see it. We'll continue following it as the as the weeks go on. Um, I don't really have much else to say about that. Um, any closing no. thoughts? Let me see you. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a little surprise before we get into the Super Bowl. I want to. So you're you're hockey guy. What are your thoughts on this Dylan Larkin situation? Why don't you uh. educate the listeners? Educate me. What's going on? What does he want? Does he deserve it? Are they going to give it to him? Just lay it out, lay, lay it all out there. Right. So, uh, Dylan Larkin, the captain of the Red Wings, the UFA, I believe he's 27 years old. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's a 96 or 95. Not 100% sure. I think he's a 96. I think he's three years older than us, t- turning 27. Uh, He's been in Detroit in all his full seven-year career. He's been the captain the last two. Um, he's basically been the best player on the team, more or less, the last three years, too. Um, and he's been through the entire rebuild, has basically been his entire career here. 
I think maybe his first or second year, there was still kind of like Zetterberg, Cromwell, maybe not Cromwell, but like was kind of when Zetterberg was getting out of there. Um, so maybe – I don't know if they ever made the playoffs, though, with him. I don't think so. Um, however, he's been through the dark days of the Red Wings after so many great years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think from his side, there's a little uh, – well, you made me captain. Uh, I've been a 60-point guy on a bad team. That's probably, if I'm on a good team, that's a point-per-game guy, although it doesn't actually work like that in my opinion. Uh he sits. He wants, from what I hear, he wants eight by nine million. Eight um, years by nine million dollars per year. Yep, eight, eight okay. is the max you can give in the NHL. Uh, so that would be basically. I mean, it's to put in perspective. McDavid, McKinnon make like twelve and a half. Matthews makes like twelve. That's mm-hmm. like the top of the line. So, so what are other at, what are other players around around the, the nine million range? So actually, Bo Horvat, who's I don't know if you've heard, he was the captain of the Canucks. He's about a forty goal. Uh, actually, has probably worse numbers and is a little older. He just got traded to the Islanders, and they signed him to an eight-year, eight point five million per extension, okay. and has worse numbers and is I think two or three years older than Larkin. So okay. that was not a good. Uh, timing scene for the Red Wings camp because that that indicates that Larkin's at, at the very least going to get the same number as uh Horvat from what I've heard is that the starting number for Iserman I believe that Larkin makes somewhere in the low sixes right now uh and the starting number for Iserman was somewhere around seven and a half and there is a part of me that thinks uh if Steve Iserman thinks you're a seven and a half million dollar player you're probably not far off from a $7.5 million player. I think in the current market with the salary cap going up, he's prob- you're, you're not going to be able to not pay him at least eight, especially but, with the Horvat contract now. I think he's, I think he's a $7.5 to $8 million player, personally. I think the fact that he's a UFA and the cap is going to go up, he's going to get 8.5 on the market from somebody else if he goes. Um, so then – as we approach the trade deadline here in the next two or three weeks, then the question becomes, is this thing is still not moved forward. And it doesn't sound like they're really that close. It sounds like Larkin's pretty adamant on like a nine ish number. And Eiserman is not really from what I've heard willing to go above eight. So there's still a full million dollar. They're about $8 million total, $9 million total off on this deal right now, maybe even more. Um, so it's kind of just worrisome. I think for a lot of Red Wings fans in that, uh, you would you would hope Larkin would be a little will, willing to come down on as a number a little bit to kind of see this thing through, see the Iser plan through. You've already stuck it out here. He's from Metro Detroit, yep, uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. I mean, played at Michigan. Um, yeah, he's from Waterford originally. Played Bell Tire growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, there is kind of this like, well, and we just named you the captain like a year and a half ago two years ago or whatever it's been. So it's like, there's kind of this, I think in Red Wings hands, there's kind of this like, like really you're not willing like to take somewhat of a discount to play here. And like, it's clearly been seen that some of the best have taken discounts in order to win. Crosby only makes 8.7. McKinnon only made 6.5 before this year. Like guys have willingly taken discounts. It's hard to get a guy right now in his UFA year 
to take a discount when the team still isn't good yet. Uh, and you have given the years to your hometown team. So I'm sure there's a part of him that's like, well, this, this has been six years, seven years. It hasn't worked out. Uh, I got to play for my hometown team. Maybe I try and get the, the bag now. Okay. And he will get that somewhere. Uh, I think that's fair. And I think that's respectable, but it's, it's kind of sad as the Red Wings fan, because he is kind of, uh, it's, it's also just hard. It's hard with these contracts now for hockey because he's a second line center on a Stanley cup winning team. He's probably your third best player, fourth best player, probably fourth best player on, on a cup winning team. Probably your, your, your third best forward. Uh, He's been, uh, like I said, he's been Detroit's best player. So it's like, it's hard to pay a guy nine plus million dollars in the NHL to be your, what would we would want him to be a second line center and go into kind of the back stages of the contract being kind of just a veteran leader and not expected to put up 82 points on a yep. good team. But uh, that's kind of where it is. And now it's, I kind of got off track there, but with the trade deadline approaching, and if you're really not that close with the deal, the you got to get something for him. You got to get something for him now because he's just going to walk in the summer. Could you realistically see that being a possibility, or do you think something gets done in the next two weeks? Or I, what even is the deadline? It's like I want to say it's right around the end of February, early March. Okay. Uh, so there's some time. Uh, I would personally be very surprised. I actually think I would be – I could be wrong and not know enough about the situation, but just my gut, I'd be surprised if they trade him at the deadline. I think they either get something done uh, or they take it all the way into the summer, and they end, if they end up getting nothing for him, they end up getting nothing for him, as bad as that is. Yeah, that, that'd be unfortunate for what you just said is your best player and someone who's been here for so long has a little bit of emotional tie kind of to the city. Um, and I think you might have touched this earlier. If you were kind of in charge of both parties and you had to kind of come to an agreement that you think would be fair for all parties, so one side's not getting hosed in the sense of, oh, well, we're going to make you play for nothing or, well, I'm going to take as much money as I want. Where do you think is a fair value? And if, if you do think a deal comes together, what, what value do you think it'll be? I thought he was probably right around eight uh over the eight years i think it's probably closer to 8.5 with the horvat contract okay. not just getting resigned or him getting resigned i think that's probably where the fair number is, is okay maybe eight to 8.2 yeah so what you're saying is where does horvat play right now uh he's in the islanders he just got traded so you're saying the islanders pulled a christian kirk on the entire league and reset the market, and now every other team's like, hey, man, why'd you got to go pay this guy who's a good wide receiver too $20 million, and now we got to give somebody else 30 Yeah, I don't know if it like, was a complete reset like that. It's just uh, very similar players who are like 50 to 60-point guys, play good two-way game, captains at one point in their career. Horvat was a captain until last week. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I think that's and, – and like I said, if anything, like Horvat is is also having a monster year this year, especially compared to Larkin. Larkin's kind of slowed off a little bit. Um, but he's still top of the team for points, so I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting because I don't think he's worth eight and a half, like I said. 
I wouldn't pay more than eight for him. I mean, but he would get that on the. I know he would get yeah. that from some other teams. So no, it's, it's a weird no, kind of balance. No one's ever really worth what they get that first, like that first contract that kind of not necessarily sets the market, but you 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 pay because if you don't, somebody else will. It's, right. it's like when Stafford was made the highest paid quarterback in football, when Russell Wilson gets these big deals, when Rodgers gets these big deals, the teams know. If we don't pay you, somebody else will, and then we're shit out of luck. Yeah. And there is, I'm sure there's an element of him that's like, well, I don't know if all these young guys are actually going to be good. You say our prospect pool is great. Um, but I'm starting I'm, – I'm on the beginning stages of having my doubts about the Iser plan, just the beginning stages in general. Uh, and not getting him re-signed would be a little frustrating in my opinion because he's only 27, like three years down the line when this is this is like – a thing hopefully for the Red Wings he'd be 29 30 as a captain like well experienced like I don't know I think it it fits your goals pretty nicely but no, moving I on to the yeah I thought I could throw a little curveball here away see if, uh, see if you're up to date on your hockey skills and your hockey knowledge yeah 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 I, I'm if there's one thing in sports you can quiz me on, it's MSU basketball and NHL contracts. I like know what everybody makes in the NHL. <laughs> Law school guy, contracts. Who would have guessed? Yeah. Uh, anyways, the biggest event of the year is happening on Sunday. The Super this is Bowl. not the biggest event of the year. This is the second biggest event of the year. What's the biggest event? Uh, the World Cup. And actually, I guess that was, that, was 2020. that was 2022. You're right. I'll give it to you. The biggest American sports event. There you go. Okay. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Or the Kelsey Bowl, as they're calling it. The Kelsey Bowl. Um, Obviously, the Eagles are playing the Chiefs. We went over it last week. We did a nice little breakdown on the NFC, AFC championships. If you didn't uh, listen to it, I highly recommend it. It's uh, probably right below the episode you just clicked on, this one, on Spotify. Uh, Anyways... Uh, the over under 50 and a half and the Eagles are one and a half point favorite, uh, as of Tuesday night when we're recording this, uh, your early thoughts on the Super Bowl. It's tough. Um, I haven't really, so I haven't really heard anything about the status of Mahomes, Kelsey, and kind of the rest of their banged up receivers that you kind of saw at the end of last week. But you would assume if Mahomes and Kelsey were good enough to play, Eight days ago, their bodies have got have only gotten better. So I don't I don't think there's gonna be any stories about that like there was with the Bengals where it's like, oh, is he gonna play? Is he not gonna play? I think it'll be it, it'll be known. You'll, he'll he'll have a little bit more of that mobility, that improvisation that makes him so so much fun to watch. Um, he'll have that. Um, that's from the Chiefs side. I mean, the Eagles are a wagon. Um, that team. Howie Roseman built an absolute juggernaut. You've got you've got Hall of Famers on the offensive line, Hall of Famers on the defensive line. You've got a quarterback playing great football, a phenomenal running game with a couple of backs that can kind of rotate. You've got that second, or I guess even you got that first receiver in A.J. Brown on the offense, but the defense has secondary players, linebackers, corners. They're, they're loaded. This is... Uh, that that's just a master class what the Eagles have done. Um I'm gonna go with my hope is the Chiefs win. Um I I I don't like Philadelphia. 
as a city. I don't like the fans. I don't like how easy their route was in the playoffs to get there. I know they still did win 14 games in the regular season, um, and nobody else did that because if someone else did that, they might have had an easier route playing the Giants and then what was left for the 49ers. But, I mean, you, you give them credit where credit's due, but I'm, I'm hoping the Chiefs pull it off. I just think that this is – I think this is so tough to predict because both teams have very great disruptive lines, and I think the winner will be whichever defensive line plays better, whether it will be Chris Jones or Hassan Reddick. Um, whoever wh- whoever gets to the quarterback faster or forces some incomplete passes, maybe a turnover, I think that's where your, that's where your game will be won. So my hope is the Chiefs, in terms of what I actually think will happen, I cannot tell you. So here's my uh, position matchup, and it's one that I don't think you would think of, but I think it's going to be the key to the game. And it's Jalen Hurts versus the Chiefs secondary. Uh, I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you why. One, I think Jalen Hurts has been great this year, but I don't think he's actually been challenged. And like you said, the D line is going to be able to get some pressure. I know. The Eagles online is good, but eventually it's not going to be the same is more my point as the first two games. It's not going to be that easy for him. Not if Lane Johnson gets to jump off so- or with the false yeah. play, then it'll be all right. He'll Dude, be great. I saw a clip of Jay, the, the Kelsey's podcast of them talking about how it's like to, Jason Kelsey was basically like, well, you wouldn't, see, you couldn't see it live. And if, People want to go in like slow motion and break it down. Like, yeah, like maybe it's a false start, but if it was like, every good, every good offensive lineman gets a good jump off the ball. I was like, dude, it was pretty visible on the television. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> but that, that's neither here nor there. Uh, go on. Sorry to kind of, sorry to kind of jump in. No, and I think like the Chiefs' secondary is like extremely average. I think their defense is extremely average, and it's only average because they do to get great pressure on quarterbacks from their front seven. Uh, so I think, and I think obviously he's got great receivers: AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, um, whoever else I'm forgetting. Those are the two big names that come to mind. But I think that's the matchup because Jalen Hurts has not been challenged in the playoffs. Jalen Hurts has not been challenged, and I don't think he's still 100% healthy yet, even though it's been a while now, that if you can challenge him and make things hard and if the Chiefs secondary can make some plays, then I think that's the only way the Chiefs have a chance. Otherwise, I think the Eagles win by eight points. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the secondary. They're young. I mean, you look at those corners, Legereus Need, that I think is their best corner, third-year guy, Trent McDuffie, rookie, uh, Jalen Watson, rookie. They they are a very, very young, very young secondary. So you're right, that'll be some interesting things. How are they gonna how are they gonna scheme to keep AJ Brown, Devontae Smith in front of them? How are you gonna scheme to to take to take into the account that Jalen Hurts on any given play can take off, you're running a spy. It, it, it'll be a great game. You have two great tacticians, Reed and Sirianni. Yep. Um, it'll be a really really good Super Bowl. Um, I am a little worried about Patrick Mahomes. I know you talked about him earlier. I'm a little worried that I know it's been two weeks. I don't really if it is a true high ankle sprain like. I'm not really sure. You said that he's obviously has to get, have gotten better. Yeah, I think so. 
but like I don't know how much better you can get with a high ankle sprain in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, you jam enough of that cortisone or whatever they steroid him up with, uh, I'm sure he'll be fine. Plus, I mean, you you don't really have a choice other than to play through the right. pain. I mean, you have a nice eight month vacation coming anyway. I mean, you shatter your leg. You, you you'll be like, well, did, did we get the first down, coach? Did we win the football game? Um, so it, it it'll be yeah. Um, I I am not a medical professional. I've never had extensive injuries myself so i don't know how long something like this would take to heal and what that healing progression is is just some linear thing where oh it's a four to six week injury but at after two weeks it's like a low ankle sprain or it's just like it's sore i i I don't know uh i'm not i'm not that guy um out of curiosity what is the worst injury you've ever had couldn't tell you uh really never never had to go to the hospital never had to miss a sporting event due to injury Um, really yeah Knock on wood. Um, Impressive. Anyway. I haven't had too many either. I, I only I broke one bone. I I think I sat out in high school for like one or two concussions. That's about it. I don't. Think I had one really days. bad one in college. Concussion. Uh, my and my bro- my broken bone story is pathetic, so I'm not going to share it on the podcast. I'll make you share it later on once we're oh, in the no, dead. No, no. no, when I'll we're in the dead. No, when we're not or not right now, but in the dead period. We'll share it in May or June. I mean, it's pretty simple. I broke my wrist trying to hit somebody. Not get hit, not getting hit. I was trying to make a body check and I broke my wrist and I broke my wrist on somebody. Hey. Come on, Connor. That's yeah. that, that's tough. That's really yeah. tough. But oh, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything um in the Super Bowl that I'm kind of missing. I mean, Rihanna, what do you think she's it? starting with? What? I said Rihanna, what do you think she's starting with? I don't know, and I don't really care. Disturbia. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't really care much for halftime shows. Um, I just, I'm looking forward to. It. I thought I know last year everyone was like, "Oh, it's the greatest halftime show ever," just because like yeah. they brought out a bunch of people from everyone's childhood, and everyone's like, "Whoa, yeah. this is the coolest thing ever!" And I'm like, "No, it was really bang average." And a- so will the next, so will the next half. Like, there's no such thing as a good halftime show, in my opinion. It's just are they? They're not. Uh, are they not lip syncing. Yeah, I know, but it's a. Sh- I don't know. I I play into it a bit. Like, it, I thought last year's was like good, but not as good as everyone kind of made it out to be. The I think it was the year before was the weekend. That one stunk. Oh, um, that was with the with the the walking seizure coming yeah, out of the tunnel, right? Yeah, it was so weird. It, it was yeah. Um, epilepsy yeah. had a field day with that one. Who did epilepsy? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of triggered epilepsy there. A lot of lawsuits <laughs> probably. Uh, anyways, you want to get into some of the basic props? Sure, I'll let you. I'll let you take over. You're more the gambling guy than I am. Heads or tails? Tails. Tails. Also, uh, on, before you go to the next one, did you see that the team that is called the toss correctly, or I mean, it's not just—I don't know if it's called the toss correctly, or it might be the team that's won the toss has won like the last eight Super Bowls. Really, I didn't see that. Yeah. So uh, I'm also picking tails. Uh, first play, runner pass. Uh, run play. I'm gonna protect. I'm gonna assume that uh, the Eagles are always gonna run the ball first, and the Chiefs will just try and take it steady. Receiver to get the first catch or reception. 
Travis Kelsey. I'm going Miles Sanders. Okay, I like that actually. I like I like how you said receiver to get the first catch, and we both named non-receivers. <laughs> we just named players. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, kickoff to be a touchback first kickoff. Oh, absolutely. Yep. The NFL has done their best to absolutely kill the the kickoff and. Now, that's something we talk about in the dead period, but it's really sad because the kickoff's most probably the most electric play in, in the sport. First touchdown. Player. Run. Run, if that's what you're asking. No, no, no. Who scores the first touchdown? Player. Oh. <laughs> uh, Pacheco? I don't know. I'm going to assume the Chiefs – I'm going to guess that the Chiefs have the ball first and they go down the field. I'm going Kelsey. I'm going pretty basic. Okay. Uh, And the final score. Oh, God. What's crazy is, like, I feel like football has gotten to a point with analytics where so many different guys start going for two, going for this, going for that. Like, you don't really see 27-24 anymore. You see these whack 31-30s. You're staring at these random things. So – Give me give me thirty two twenty six. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm... go twenty seven twenty four. <laughs> 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 you muffin. <laughs> and then you didn't pick anything stupid like what Gatorade color is gonna be in the bath. Oh, we can do that. I'll go uh, blue. I I mean, I feel like it's just going to be like the, the color of the winning team. It'll be either be a red or green. Okay, so there's no green Gatorade, so you can go red. No, there's there's like that lemon lime that's like kind of green. That's like yellow. Well, there's dark green Gatorade. They just like don't mass produce. Exactly. They're, I don't think they're going to be mad. Like that's not going to be the suit. If it's green, I will give you. I will give you ten bucks if it's green. Okay, I mean, it's been documented now. We have, uh, uh, what's it called? We have... Uh, evidence. We have evidence. We have consideration. We have, what's what that? What's that? There's actually no consideration, but... Oh, okay, sorry. I don't know. I mean, you could argue there is. You could argue that you just have a hard time saying what my consideration was. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Um, It sounds like we're starting to ramble. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about? Sports? Um, I mean, we covered – I surprised you with the Larkin stuff. Um, covered LeBron passing Kareem. Um, I'm hoping it's tonight. I think it would be kind of cool. Uh, Michigan State. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else. Let's. I'll turn it over to you. If not, I'll talk to you in, in a week. Yeah, I hope, really hope the Chiefs win. So let's let's hope that happens because a Vince, if you're watching, you don't win our bracket, and I would hate it if you won. Uh, uh, I forgot about B. That. B. My major parlay would be for all the major sports would be two oh. for two. All right, so hear me out. Um, th- this is not rambling. We got to educate everyone else. Tell tell everyone that's listening about your major parlay and how you're going to retire. Yeah, so actually, I have this parlay for the four major sports, and then college basketball and football, uh, the national, the champions in each of them for twenty twenty three. 
Um, it's a dollar fifty bet to win one hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars. Yeah, so the first one was Georgia football check mark. Uh, the Super Bowl I have the Chiefs. Hopefully a check mark on Sunday. Um, what's next? College basketball. I have North Carolina. They're like an eight seed right now. The last tournament poll I saw. They and were an eight seed last year and made the finals. That's all I'm saying. They also. I was looking at the ESPN. They got murdered. Or they're getting murdered by Wake Forest as we speak. Oh crap! You might want to so, you might want to have a Chiefs win and then cash that out for like two dollars and just take your. I, don't, I doubt it. I doubt it. They'll even let you do that that soon. <laughs> yeah, they are getting murdered. Jesus, is Wake Forest even good? I have no idea. I have never watched this little college basketball in my life. So they'll be fifteen and nine. So they, I mean, they'll be whatever. I'm this year. I mean, yeah, you can always you can always make a run. It's just I mean they have players, but it's just it doesn't look like it. Yeah. So then the NBA, I have Milwaukee. Uh, they're having a good season. Uh, the NHL, I have the Bruins. They're having one of the best seasons in the history of hockey. Um, and then I realized that it would all come down to the Mets, who are the one of the most cursed teams in sports. <laughs> I didn't really think that part through. Uh, for the World Series. They have the talent on the roster. Hey, man, if you spend enough, course. Steve Cohen or whatever his name is, yeah, he'll he'll, uh, he'll get it done. But All right, let's you, – you've educated the youth on how to waste $1.50. Um. <laughs> spend your money wisely, folks. Yeah, spend your money wisely. So everyone who's made it this far, thank you very much. As always, share with, share with your friends. Um, the last words for me will be go green. Go white.